Okay, there's no more excuses to drink tap water. You need to get a multi-step filtration system in your home, especially if you live in Utah. Utah is in the top 10 of the most toxic states to have toxins and chemicals in their water. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Becca, I can't afford a water filtration system. I get it. Envy Water has finance options. Me being a stay-at-home mom with two kids, trust me, I couldn't afford this either. But they make it affordable for you so you can have this in your home. Get the toxins and chemicals out of your water and feel the difference. Taste the difference. You're going to thank me for this later, I promise. Call Envy Water today at 801-993-0080. Again, that's 801-993-0080. And if you mention my name, they'll give you half off a chemical remover. Call them today or visit their website at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Can we freeze the way to be? everybody. Welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes, and with me is returning guest, Jacob Stansfield. Hello. And then also with us is a very special guest, uh, all the way down from uh, Idaho, uh, Lava, Lava Hot, Hot, Hot Springs. Springs, is Marcus Kiker. Um, Marcus, thank you for driving all the way down here. We really appreciate it. And I met you when Jacob and I were actually at Lava Hot Springs, uh, what was it, like a month ago? Something like that. We went down there. It was my first experience down there um, at the hot spots or pots. What do they call them? Hot pots? I don't hot know. springs. Oh, hot springs. Okay. They have multiple names. <laughs> but we were down there and you were kind of monitoring it, make sure people weren't sneaking in without their passes, even though a couple of our friends did. Yeah. And you kept slipping me alcohol and I'm sitting there. <laughs> what? I did not. Gosh. 100 and something degree pool. So. <laughs> I did not do that. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, Marcus assisted me. He was checking on me while I was laying on the ground I was recovery. checking on you too. Yeah. Okay. You helped. So we went. We met Marcus there, and Marcus, you started talking about um, a lady friend that you were missing, and started talking about some beautiful poems that you write, which is awesome that you write poetry. Uh, but we also got into a little depth uh, about your story and things that you've overcome and things that you've been through that's pretty traumatizing. And just seeing you right now, seeing you sit in this chair and walk down these steps is kind of a miracle in itself. And so I want people that are listening to hear about what you've gone through, how you went through it and what inspired you to keep going. And we're talking about you had a spinal injury at age 25. Affirmative. Yeah. And yeah. and I want you to tell us a little bit about that and how that happened. But you had a spinal cord injury and then, you know, the doctor said that you would never walk again. You were paralyzed from the waist down and I mean, as soon as the doctor said that you're never going to walk again, you refused to accept that. I guess it goes down to um, belief patterns. And I just did not believe that I was never going to walk again. Mm-hmm. And then it also comes down, in my story, to karma. Yeah. I think my story is a lot about karma. I survived going off a, about an 80-foot cliff at 40, 50 miles an hour on my street bike. Wow. So how did that happen? Did you just hit a wrong turn? Are you, like, doing jumps? What? I was trying to dodge some gravel up above Boulder, Colorado, and one thing turned to another, and I went off the road. And then when I reconnected to the road, it was like hitting a ramp. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, I remember yeah. losing my bike, looking down and seeing the guard railing and thinking, hmm, that's odd. And then looking in front of me and just seeing the tops of trees. So I figured I was dead. That wasn't one of those, uh-oh, this is going to hurt. This is a, hmm, I'm seeing the last day of my life. So... I ended up catching some trees, which slowed down my fall, and I ended up ricocheting into a creek, and I was broken half, face down in a creek, and that's how I, that's when I regained consciousness. So you came to with your head underwater? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, well, so I was there, and I'm like, no way, because I thought for sure when I went off the cliff, that was it, it was over. And then when I regained consciousness, I'm like, no way. I cannot believe I survived it. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm face down in a creek. What? Luckily, the shield blew off my helmet so I could lift my head up out of the water and take a deep breath of air and then 
put my head back in the water. And I started realizing, all right, well, I can't move. This isn't good. You, I mean, you can move your arms probably. No, you just couldn't move. No, no not even your arms. My arms oh, my gosh. My side, your yeah. head is the only thing that you're moving. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, wow, this day's really getting bad. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't <laughs> bad enough before, it's definitely getting bad now. Yeah. And so, you know, I started thinking about it, and I was riding alone. And I'm like, you know what? No one's coming for me. It's over. So I'm like, oh, wow, you know, like twice in one day, two near-death experiences. So I just started making peace with my life. I figured, you know, that was it. What does that make? What does that mean when you say you're making peace with your life? You're like just coming to terms that this is the end of your life and it's been a good life or what? What were you, what were you thinking and what were you saying to yourself? Well, I was pretty bummed, um, obviously. I didn't want to leave this plane in a negative mindset. I knew, you know, the water was ice cold too. This was in October. So my body was going into hypothermic shock. And after a little bit, it was difficult for me to pick my head up out of the water and hold my breath. And then I was just, you know, I'm the youngest of 11. And the one thing that really I found irksome about it at that point was I was going to be that rider that went for a ride and never came back. And being the youngest of 11, I was feeling for all my friends, my siblings, my parents, like I was going to be that missing person. So I was just sending them love and looking back on my life and appreciating the blessings and the good parts of my life and just waiting it out until I couldn't do it anymore. Wow. And so I was right about at the end of it and then I got sat up so what had happened was I had passed a work truck and then I went off the cliff they didn't see me go off the cliff but they figured I went off the cliff and the one guy went down to find me and the other guy flagged down someone to call rescue well could you imagine if they just kept driving and was like you know what he'll figure it out did your bike go off the cliff too? Huh. Oh yeah, everything, right? Oh, you got to see my bike. Pictures of my bike. So there's bike. like no trace of you on the road. Like no. it's all gone. Yeah, just just gravel. Wow. Yeah. That's lucky that they even took the initiative to stop and start looking. Well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> all right. I'm excited. <laughs> we're we going to get to that. We got a lot of juicy stuff to talk about. Yeah, which we're going to get to that. So continue on. So somebody set you up. Yeah, and he was freaking out, you know, and he just um, kept pointing behind me telling me how far I flew. And he was in shock, and he just kept saying it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I get it. I I'm, the there. One, I'm the one that went off of it, you know? <laughs> I think I get it now. <laughs> but he just kept pointing behind me, uh -huh. Mister, you flew so far. You flew so far. Uh -huh. And, you know, I could see how busted up I was. I could see my bone, you know, sticking out of my pants and my, my leg. And, you know, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't think I was out of it. I thought there was still a good chance that that I was going to die, but at least I felt better that they found me. Yeah, you're not you're not dying alone either. And not yeah. dying alone and, mm -hmm. you know, not a missing person. Yeah. So I didn't, I kept trying to tell them, hey, listen, you know, tell my my sisters and my brothers, my mom, dad, that I love them. And he's just like, point behind me. <laughs> he's, still <laughs> he's still in shock, you know. So I was passing out in and out of it. And then I remember seeing in my peripheral vision the the firefighter walking by the rescue guy and he wasn't moving too fast and i was thinking you know where's your sense of urgency <laughs> you know we got a little <laughs> bit of a situation going down here yeah and then he walked past me and i'm looking at him i'm like you are sure taking your time bud and then he turned around and he looked down at me and he saw my eyes open and he gasped oh he thought you were dead yeah so he's wow. like, oh, mm. he's oh my like, God. He's like, you're, you're going to be all right. We're going to get you out of here. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be all right, but I sure would like <laughs> to get out of here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they got me out. Okay. So now go, walk us through what the hospital was like and, and what they discovered and what happened to you. Well, I mean, I could go through the plethora of injuries if you want me to. You know, you can imagine how difficult the hospital was. Yeah. Diagnosed and I, I shattered two vertebrae completely and I broke five. I fractured my hip, my pelvis, I broke off my tailbone. I broke my right leg in multiple places with a compound and had a spinal cord injury and I was paralyzed from the waist down. And the doctor said that you're never going to walk again. Never. 
I mean, it's pretty, I, I haven't heard of anybody like that has ever made a comeback from a spinal cord injury. You know, there's, there's people out there that have done it. It puts me into an interesting category because you don't lose your medical status once you're a paraplegic. Yeah. You're kind of, I just happen to be a walking paraplegic. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, there's really no name yeah. for it. So that's what you have to go after. Well, do you at least get the handicap sticker? I do. Okay, that's I good. Do. But I try not to use it because sometimes people come over and yell at me because they don't think I'm disabled. Oh, I wouldn't care. Yeah, well, like, some people do. Like, they're Buddy, you don't me. even like, know what I went through I'm to like, get Let's this. talk about it. I know. What are you doing? Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> okay, so you, so you had a spinal cord injury. They said that you're never going to walk again. The minute the doctor said that, you refused to accept that. Because I think we need to touch base on that because that's very important because your mind is very powerful. I think um, belief is very powerful. You know? Yeah. Thoughts thoughts are real. You know, thoughts are energy and thoughts have power. So I think it all comes down to what we think. You know, if you want to consider an example, look at placebo. Mm-hmm. What is placebo? It's your thought. They took a sugar pill and they thought the problem was going to go away or they thought the problem was going to be cured. Guess what happened? It was. I love that so much. So placebo. I'm a big you, believer of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I didn't believe it because obviously I was 25. I didn't want to believe it. So I didn't believe it uh, when they... When I left rehabilitation, they put me into a wheelchair. They wouldn't even put me through a gating process, which teaches you how to walk again. They were like, you're just done. Mm-hmm. You're just done. And so a while into it, I started getting some movement in my lower extremities. I could move my, like my ankle, you know, like my lower legs. And I thought to myself, well, you know, if I can do that, maybe I can do more. How long in was that? About a year and a half. Wow. So you were like a year and a half of nothing. Nothing. Well, something, you know, I was moving the lower and stuff and my lower legs. Was there still, there was belief that whole time that you would recover and that you would walk? That's a difficult question. Um, I wanted to, at some points I didn't think I could, but I was not going to give up. So I went out and bought full leg braces mm-hmm. and arm crutches. And I would just, luckily... I had always been into muscle development, so I had a stronger upper body. If I didn't have that stronger upper body, I don't know if I could have done it because I had the strength to pick myself up and the strength to walk purely on my arms. I used to duct tape the leg braces together and walk like a pendulum. Oh, wow. I remember you saying that, actually. Yeah. Because there's got to be moments, I mean... And I think everybody listening to your story right now can relate in some form, right? Maybe not as dramatic. Like I can relate to you with some challenges that I've gone through that I refuse to accept. And then I had, but then I would, I'd be on this positive wavelength and then I, I would have doubt come in. But then I think, I think the importance is, is to allow that to go through you and pick yourself back up again and then be like, okay, hey, let's, let's keep going. I'm sure you had some moments of where you're like, this isn't going to happen. I did have those moments, but for me, I found a baseline inside of rehabilitation that I guess I would call it my, my angel story. It was the story that it was the experience that turned my mindset around. I had lost everything. You know, I was top guy at my dealership. I was about ready to get married. I just signed a contract to race motorcycles, had everything going. And then it was gone. My girlfriend left me, and here I am in a wheelchair thinking, you know, how could anything be worse than this? And I was at a corner of the rehabilitation uh, facility, and I was just crying and crying, hysterically crying. And I felt someone come up to me, and it was a high quadriplegic. He was moving his wheelchair by blowing into a tube. Mm. And so he asked me, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. He got me to calm down. He, you know, what's going on, you know? And I went and told him, and without looking into the eyes or the individual, just, you know, spouted out all my woes or me's. And he listened, and 
he said, well, can I tell you my story? I said, sure. He said, you know, I graduated valedictorian of my high school, uh, went to an Ivy League school, earned a law degree, married my high school sweetheart, had three beautiful children, partnered my law firm, so I decided to take a vacation, went mountain bike riding, flipped over the handlebars and broke my neck. He said, I thought I did everything right in my life. Never hug my children. I'll never practice law. Never make love to my wife. And I'll probably die in the next couple of years. He said, he looked at me and said, so you're a, you're a paraplegic. You might walk one day. And I didn't think, I, I at that time, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. And he goes, well, you can take care of yourself. And I said, yeah. He said, you know, I said, I think you ought to look at what you have instead of what you lost. And you might find yourself in a better space. And from that point forward, it just changed my perspective on what I was facing because I could look into his eyes and see where he was at. So that was kind of my angel story and the baseline that changed everything for me. I mean, I would say that he's an angel in disguise. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's so beautiful. Gosh. That, <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, that was my baseline because, yeah, sure, it's bad. I could never imagine being paralyzed, and it was one of the worst things I could ever imagine it happened to me. But then I said, you know what? Yeah. Then I started looking at what I did have. I still could take care of myself. I could still be independent. I wasn't blowing into a tube, and I wasn't going to die in the next couple of years. So he set me straight. And from that point forward, there were times that I complained about my disability, but who wants to listen to a complainer? Mm-hmm. I just tried hard to regain my mobility. But see, I wouldn't have regained my mobility, I believe, without karma. So yeah, so go into that for a minute. All right, so six years before my accident, I saved four people's lives from a frozen lake in upstate New York one night. I was skating on a canal and was alerted to the situation. I was captain of my hockey team in high school. I was a good skater, and I was asking her where and she wouldn't tell me. She didn't think I could help them. She wanted me to go get some type of rescue. And I kept asking her, and she wouldn't tell me. So I took it upon myself to go out and find them, which I did. I skated down a long canal, and it broke over to a big lake. And sure, I went out, and there were four people in two separate holes, and then two people standing there doing nothing. And I just skated up. It was late at night about 11 o'clock and I skated up and I looked at the people that were standing there and I thought to myself hey did you come with these folks you know you think you might want to help them <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know maybe get on a knee <laughs> do something where's you the know, sticks what's going on yeah. you know zero you know but I was only, I was 18 and I wasn't familiar with shock yeah oh yeah so okay. they were in shock mm-hmm. and I wasn't familiar with it but I had grown up in upstate New York, and my friends and I skated on lots of canals, lots of rivers had fallen in. We just helped each other out or got out. So it wasn't something new to me. But so anyways, I went in, I pulled the first two out, and then I went to help the other two, and then I fell in. But I got myself out because the ice was hard. I could just break it. I knew what was going on. And at that point, I thought, hmm, this is getting a little serious. But I knew it wasn't too far for me to go get warmth. And I knew if I didn't stick around, the last two people were definitely going to die. Mm-hmm. So I got him over to where I was. I pulled the third guy out. and But the fourth individual was losing consciousness. So I had to go back a little ways, get a skating start, jump out, go into the water a second time, grab him, oh my gosh. and then pull him out. And after I got him out, I was like, I don't think you folks are a lot of fun to hang out with. So I think I'm done with this situation. You know, like I got him out. I'm a little cold. Yeah, I'm done. You know, thanks for the invite, but I'm mm-hmm. done. And so I just left that night and I didn't think it was that much of a, of a big deal. Um, but they were calling me Captain America in my, on my, during hockey practice. And, and it kind of spilled over to, gym class and my gym teacher he's like what's this captain america thing i told him he told my principal and my principal called me to the office which was you know 
pretty scary being a yeah. senior. I'm yeah. like, oh no, what did I do? do what I, which one did he catch me <laughs> on? You know. So he questioned me about it, and I admitted to it. And then that's when the story broke. A reporter found the story, confirmed that they were looking for me, and then I made the front page of the newspaper, Recognition Finds Hero, and shortly after that, all the all the awards started coming in. But I made the opinion page because I was of the opinion at that time that the awards and the adulation was great, but this is what we should do for each other, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we should do for each other. Well, guess what? Six years later. Somebody pulled you out of a freezing river. And the freezing river saved my life. Wow, look at that full the circle. Because co- the cold water sent my body into hypothermic shock. Got my spinal cord from hemorrhaging and swelling. See, I didn't know the connection there for a long time. Well, so I couldn't tie it together. I knew I was facing two big events in my life, saving the people's lives and going through this, but I could not make the correlation. I couldn't make that correlation. And it wasn't until I rebroke my leg. So I, I was up on the crutches for a while and I fell and rebroke my leg. Oh man, that was a setback. That was a setback. <laughs> I'd be like, I just started walking, walking again. Son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I'm frustrated for you. Okay, go on. So I had to go through a massive reconstructive surgery. And they did a good, great job of repairing my leg. And I was going for a follow-up with my neurosurgeon who did both of the surgeries. He did, I think I was in surgery for, oh, I don't know, like 16 hours. I went through a group of neurosurgeons in my first surgery and he happened to be one of them and I was discussing with him the day of the accident like you know not only do I survive going off this cliff but then I got to land in this ice cold water and he looked at me and he says you don't know why you're walking do you and I said I guess you're going to tell me and he's like that cold water if you wouldn't land that cold water you wouldn't be walking He said, by the time they got you to the operating table, you were still cold to the touch. When when we pulled the fragments out of your spine, spinal cord, we were amazed at the lack of swelling. Wow. Mm. Because of the cold water. Minimizes swelling. And that's when the light bulb went off. Mm. I saved those people's lives from a frozen lake. I went and found them. He went and found me. My life was saved by ice cold water. Karma. Treat others as you wish to be treated. Fuck yeah. Hey man, that's awesome. I love that so, so much. Cool. Okay, so so obviously I'm looking at you right now. You're walking, which is phenomenal. Like you Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you, you do you're, you're doing great. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> like, your continued support. <laughs> so when when did you so age it was age twenty five when mm-hmm. you had the spinal cord injury. When was it when you started to get when you actually started walking on your own without crutches, without any help, like you started to get around? Probably four years. Four years? Four or five yeah. years. I mean, that's, I feel like that's good timing. You're making good timing. Is well, that? Oh, well, you know, there's, you know, we got to go back a step too. Okay. Like when I was up on the leg braces, it was really difficult, just not for me, but also my friends, because, you know, I was a really strapping young man before the accident. Now all of a sudden I'm dragging myself around on leg braces. And I wasn't having movement, I was still doing the pendulum thing. But in the mornings, I would get up and just hang on my arm, on my arm braces or arm crutches and just kind of swing my body. And then one day, I think it's a hip flexor, came back. I kicked my leg out. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to envision you like bracing yourself up on your crutches and you've, you've taped your legs together like a pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. So is that to help with the hips? Because I'm, I'm like, how is that going to help with the legs to gain well, movement? I didn't have any real movement. I wasn't moving my legs. No. Okay. But I wanted to move forward. So, and I wanted to be on the ground. I couldn't stand being in the wheelchair. And my thought process was, you know, if I can get my feet back on the ground where they're supposed to be, maybe I can make that connection into my brain through oh, my body. Oh, okay. I see. All right. Okay. So I, I see. I just wanted out of the wheelchair. Yeah. It's almost like fake it until you make it. 
try it until you get it done, really. Or, or that, too. Yeah, that, that one, too. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah was, that was a good no, one. Yeah, Sounds a little but, better. No, I get it. <laughs> you get <laughs> but, it. But, you know, yeah, so one day I was up on the crutches, and, you know, I started kicking my legs out. And I'm like, oh, bingo. I'm in. Wow. Once that, that happened, then I knew I was in. I knew that I was in. I knew I could do it, and nothing was going to. Even falling and re-breaking my leg and having to go back into the wheelchair. You still didn't have any doubt. You're like, no, I got no, this. I'm doing it, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the willpower. Yeah. Um, how how were your were your friends very supportive? Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a great work environment. They did everything they could for me. So that's good. Yeah. So I I so that was about four years. So what age? Twenty nine is when you started yeah, walking really, again. Really getting around. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, we briefly touched base on some of the things that helped you not only physically Marcus, but also mentally can, do you want to touch base on just like kind of list them and any that you feel compelled to, to go in a little bit more depth we can. Um, but I'm very curious of what kind of helped you on your journey. Well, one of my first approaches to healing and homeopathy was iridology. I think that was huge. That's the practice of herbs an iridologist will look at the iris and they can detect deficiencies in the body. The iris the, as the eye? Of the eye, yeah. Okay, it's so the they look at... the eye, yeah. Oh, okay. And then they treat that deficiency with herbs. Wow. And so, so that was a gift because I did a lot of cleanses from being in the hospital and being injected and what probed and x-rays. My body was just filthy. It was just dirty. Radiation, Hell, everything, yeah. Pills, everything so we started doing cleanses so i've gone through a lot of healing modalities and it's and it's difficult to really say i would say the iridology probably saved my life because without that without all the cleanses and i did this for 10 years 12 years it's hard to say where my body would be i'm a huge fan of cleanses oh i mean me too combo all day long have you ever done combo you know are you familiar with uh, that? That one's never called me. Okay, so that that's a major detox. So I'm all about the detoxing, yeah. which is phenomenal. I'll do colon cleanses that uh, include a seven-day fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge one. Oh, seven-day fast, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, there's a place, they unfortunately closed down. They were out of Maine, and they were called Blessed Herbs. And they had a seven-day colon cleanse where they you took three shakes with organic juice, mm-hmm. and it would remove all the plaque in your system. Yep. Holy smokes. I remember the first time I did that, that was just black. <laughs> no, just horrible. <laughs> just, you couldn't believe what was coming out of me. You know, set, I, I haven't eaten for five days and I'm like, what just came out of me? How's that even possible? <laughs> so I would say iridology, the herbs, the cleanses was huge. Um, and then neurotherapy, stem cells, acupuncture, ayahuasca, cranial sacral, but I would say that the neurotherapy, the stem cells were huge. That was a big change in my life, the stem cells. So this, explain what they did with the stem cells. It's like they studied them, and did, did they put new stem cells in? Because I've heard of people going to Mexico getting this done, too. I guess it's big, big in Mexico, or it's better. It's not as regulated or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, I have a friend did, that gets them done. Yeah, I, I did the, the pork stem cells. Pork stem cells, like or, as in yeah, a piggy? Yeah, yeah, they're they're almost oh. identical to human stem cells. Okay. And not as expensive as going down to Mexico and having your own or my own harvested. So stem cells are interesting because they have, I think, three characteristics that other cells do not have. They can split and divide. They can split and divide indefinitely. And they can adhere to and repair any damaged tissue oh wow so i think whatever your problem is if you can get a hold of some stem cells you'd be doing all right that's good to know just well you know when i did them i was doing a body transformation and i found a great doctor dr beagleson up in nevada city california and i was under his treatment and it was a huge turnaround i was doing good he was doing the neurotherapy and then we started with the pork stem cells I would say probably three months into it, it's like I snapped out of it. 
Where, where were they placing these stem cells, like around the spinal cord area? No, or? actually, these ones were taken underneath the tongue. Really? Believe it or not, yeah. So and it w- wasn't even like really invasive? You just put it... Underneath s- your tongue. Stop. No, and then here's the other thing, too. The Beaglesons are really amazing. We should talk about them. Yeah. They look at blood in a holographic way, but... Um, when, well, they look at blood underneath the dark field microscope, and they look at your live blood, so you can see what's going on with your blood, your red blood cells, your white blood cells. You can see it. You can see the mana. And then these other crazy, like, holographic things that pop up in your blood. Oh, wow. And so I was under the treatment watching it, and then a while into it, I started to see these, like, bright stars in my blood. and I hadn't seen that before. And I asked him, I'm like, Dr. B, what is that? He said, stem cells. Those are the stem cells. That's cool. Yeah. That is so cool. That's so cool. Did you start doing stem cell treatments like prior to you walking or was this after? After. Okay. So probably in my late 30s. Oh, really? So it was a while after. Yeah. Interesting. I thought they would help. Well, I had done enough research to know that stem cells won't help a severed spinal cord that's nothing once your spinal cord is severed nothing's bringing that back mm-hmm. the spinal cord is very challenging and i think they're getting close to figuring out how to get those axons to move through but stem cells wouldn't do it i figured stem cells would help strengthen the part of my spinal cord that wasn't damaged right but what came out of it was the mental side. I became so much more clear, alert, more aware, focused. More yeah. focused. Mm-hmm. I mean, memory was better. You name it, it went wow. through the roof. Yeah. Wow. And so, so stem cells. So that was a huge turning point for you. Um, I'm obviously curious because this this is like right up my alley. Uh-huh. Ayahuasca. Oh, the ayahuasca. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know. No, no, I love the plant medicine. Okay, so I, I, you know, I practice you know I, I love working with plant medicines you know not only is this media side of me but i also i have this other healing modality side of me which absolutely have a love for plant medicine so i do want to hear your ayahuasca experience because you mentioned to me briefly that you spent what was it about a year on the big island uh, a couple of years on a couple of years yeah okay so and this is in hawaii big island yeah and um can you talk a little bit about that and your experience with that and what you took out of that? Yeah, that's when I departed from mainstream life. And I went out to the Big Island and was pursuing my dreams. Dreams, And one of them was to free dive and spearfish. I'd always seen that. I'm like, well, that's a great sport. And I love the water. And so... Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Water. We got a pattern with water with you. <laughs> and so I was out free diving and spearfishing and turned out to be, I was really good. I became an avid spearfisherman. So I would trade my fish on permaculture farms. This is so cool. This is what I'm talking about, trading. Okay, go on. Bartering. Yeah, bartering. There you go. Trade well, but you know, you'd have all these hippies on, you know, these permaculture farms. <laughs> and, they're, and they're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're growing amazing things, but they don't have much money mm-hmm. and protein mm-hmm. or good protein. And I was catching a lot of fish. I was good at it. And I didn't want any of it to go to waste. So I would go to these permaculture farms and I would trade. And there was one particular permaculture farm where they would give me a place to stay and cook my food. And they had a beautiful sanctuary. And that's where... I found ayahuasca, or ayahuasca found me. Yeah, I feel like it's more that finds you. It found me. We yeah. found each other. Well, that's cute. We yeah. found each that's other. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> we found it. Yeah. Before you get into that, your experience with ayahuasca, because I'm most curious about this particular medicine because I haven't done ayahuasca yet. I've done a lot of other ones. I've done the bufa frog. I've done, um, you know, I've psilocybin. I mean, there's been a lot. But I haven't done ayahuasca just yet because I haven't felt like the timing's perfect. So I want you, we were talking prior to this about um, asking the right questions before you go decide to do ayahuasca with a certain shaman or whoever's facilitating it. There's some certain questions you should ask. Can you get into those questions? Yeah, I think that's very important. And I was talking to the shaman friend of mine who introduced me to ayahuasca and you know, a lot of people are doing it. And I think the first question is, 
Where did the medicine come from? How was the medicine made? And who's bringing forth the medicine? You know, um, the medicine was brought to the north by uh, Terence McKenna, and that's when it's okay. It's okay. That's when the Santo Daime started. Okay. And they did it in a very, you know, they would dress in, you know, white shirts and ties and they would sit across from each other and they would have music playing. And that was the Santo Daime. And then uh, people split off from the Santo Daime. And that's when I met Alexander. He split off from that. And then he, the vine actually grows on the Big Island and so does the leaf. Oh, so they don't even need to go to like the no. Amazons or anything like that to to harvest it. Someone had the, <gasps> the the intelligence and the brain to start growing the vine. Well, the look at there on the Big Island. Yeah. So when 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 the medicine is made in that lineage, it's made in a ficheo. Explain that. Okay, a ficheo. So they go out and harvest the vine, and the men beat the vine, and the women go out and pick the leaf. And bring it together. That way you have the masculine and the feminine. Okay. And then it's put into a pot and boiled. And at that time, Henerios are sung Portuguese music to bring forth the medicine in a spiritual way. Is that the same thing as the ethos? I've heard of the ethos. Is that... Icaros? Icaros, the Icaros. songs of the medicine? Sure. Is that... Okay, similar yeah, yeah. to that. Okay. And so that way the medicine, as the medicine is coming together, the leaf and the vine... It's being brought forth in a spiritual, healthy way because it's a very healing medicine. And I think that's a very important question for anyone interested in the medicine. It's the first question is, where did it come from? How was it made? Because I think that's crucial. I know it's crucial because when that medicine was being formatted and come together it was being praised well that energy is going into that, that serving energy whatever energy is is preparing it yeah yeah and energy is everything energy is everything oh, we said that, that uh, einstein right well i did just now i know but, but einstein said it <laughs> why do you Becca, gotta give him Becca. credit <laughs> no because he started it oh whatever fine i'll give it to him but it was also nikolai tesla that said it was energy frequency and vibration yes and so as that medicine so is being brought forth, mm -hmm. guitars are being played and songs are you know being sung, mm -hmm. love is being given. So that's the medicine you want to take. Now, can you explain um, why would one want, because each medicine I feel like has carries its own realm too, like its own energy, right? Like psilocybin carries its own energy. Um, but why would one want to, and obviously they would have to feel called to it, like, find each other like this is what you said ayahuasca we found each other like i feel like you have to be called to it like it just falls into place when you're ready why would you want to go down it, that journey with ayahuasca because i i've heard that it's more a lot of shadow work it's like to the root i say if it's calling you find it if it's not don't i could tell you many stories i found it and i'm a i'm an adventurer and i'm up for just about anything. I'm the and, same way. And I'm like, wait, ayahuasca, yeah. what is this? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. And yeah. my first serum, I was like, oh, wow. Like, it showed me the most beautiful mirror of this dimension. Really? Oh, like nothing I'd ever seen before. Not even close. Not even, if I took the most beautiful experience in my life before ayahuasca, on a scale of the ten, one to 10, it would be a one. Wow. Ayahuasca would be a 10. Like, totally. Like, I'm like, whoa, what? That's amazing. But then it also showed me the darkest side too. And same thing. Even with my accident and what I seen in my accident, the medicine showed me both the dualistic side of it. Really? Yeah, very powerful. So I think people search it out because they have some type of dis-ease in their emotional or physical existence and they're hoping that the medicine might rectify that or cure it and so they and it is a very i didn't know 
where it was going to take me, and I did it for about a year. I became a guardian. So when we had ceremonies, I became a man's guardian. Wow. So you so you've been doing. I mean, how many ayahuasca ceremonies would you say you'd done in a year during that time? I think probably fifteen. I mean, that's quite a bit for like they usually last what about three days? No, or eight hours. Eight hours. Eight, Twelve okay, hours. Okay, so, yeah. so it's not a three day thing. But see, when my friend would make bring forth the medicine when it was boiled down to the very bottom it was almost like a honey and they called that the dimey oh so it's not the liquid it's a condensed form and so because i supported the the ceremonies and the healing they would gift me the dimey and i would even take the dimey and go out in the ocean so I, you know, I did ceremonies, but I was taking the dime through. you know. Is that not as strong as the tea, or like how does that you compare to? You can control it? it a little bit more by the dosage. Once you drink the tea, you better prepare yourself for wherever you're going to go. Oh my God. I just, I'm trying to think of like, and it's funny, you know, we we're walking down here to the studio, and you were like. I feel like you just know that I'm going to do ayahuasca. Like you just like, you're like, Hey, I have this person for you. Like when you're ready. And, and it's like, just, I keep getting these confirmations and confirmations like that. It's coming for me that I should try it. But I, I've done so much. Um, I feel like, I don't even know what to say. Like healing, I guess we'll just say that I've done so much healing with other plant medicines with, you know, the bufa frog and with psilocybin and, all, and combo and all these stuff. I'm like, what else do I have to give? Like, I don't know what else I would. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what else is left in me, but maybe there's more that that's kind of my predicament that I'm in. Like, what else can I learn? I, I, I know that we could always learn more, but because I feel like some people that go to ayahuasca, like they're searching for their sole purpose or they're, they they're stuck in this way like they can't get out of their head in this way like for me i'm like i would be open for the experience and i would love it but i think because i can't figure out what i would get out of it it drives me nuts i don't know well i haven't done combo you've done Uh combo i've I've done microdosing Um, i've done lsd i've done a lot of things Mm -hmm. ayahuasca is a standalone yeah Ayahuasca is an absolute standalone. I've heard that. So I could tell a lot of stories. That, uh, uh, I guess I could tell this one story that really sticks out in my mind. There was a gentleman that came and he did ceremony with us and he purged the whole time. Like some people might purge, you might not purge. He was, he was like dry heaving, like almost it seemed like the whole ceremony. And I thought to myself, well, I guess he won't be coming back for a second one. You know? And sure enough, he did. Same thing. Wow. Like dry heaving and purging. It seemed like, and this is probably an exaggeration, like the whole ceremony, but it was a lot. And I'm like, he can't keep doing this, you know? And sure enough, came back for a third time. Same thing. And then he started going to, you know, they would have classes to learn the songs so you could sing the songs in ceremony. And one day I called him and I said, hey, brother, you know, we've done a few ceremonies together do you think I can ask you a personal question? And he said, sure. I said, why do you do it? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Like, it's hard. You know, I can't. It's hard for me to watch you, <laughs> let alone you be you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. what? I'm like, it's hard. Like, I have to, like, like turn my head and go, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> like, like, what? What you are you know? getting out I mean, of well, this? Because, you know, everyone, some people have some serious passages. I've seen some serious passages where they where they're going through it and whatever they're going through is difficult, but they might come out of it. Or I've seen some strong ones, but he was like the whole time. And it's, you know, who wants to dry heave the whole time? So I had to ask him why, why would you do this? Uh And he said, well, you know, before I found the medicine, he said, I suffered from deep depression, anger, anxiety. And I, he said, I tried everything. And finally, I came to the Big Island just to get away from everything. And he said, ever since I found the medicine, I don't suffer from anger. I don't suffer from depression. I don't suffer from anxiety. He said, if I have to purge for eight hours every time to feel this way, then I'll do it. I said, there you go. There you go. Wow. I guess that's a small price to pay for, you know, 
for uh, losing uh, those yeah. hardcore. Yeah. To actually be able to live your life. Yeah. Live a, a fulfilling life. My personal opinion, and I talked to my friend who's the shaman about this, and he disagreed because I believe everyone should do it. And by everyone, I mean like the whole world. Yeah, that would be a nice big purge. I think, you know, if all the, you know, corrupt leaders and the bad people. Oh, gosh. If, I think if they did it, I mean, it, it, this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. and it might be a bit much, but I believe if everyone did ayahuasca, there would be no more wars. There'd be no we'd, more. We just have love for everybody. Yeah, and yeah. that love is huge. Oh, yeah. Love is everything. Mm-hmm. We're all one. Mm-hmm. We're all connected. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. Love will fix it all. Mm-hmm. So he disagreed. What was his argument? I don't know if it was necessarily an argument more than if the medicine calls you. Yeah, that's usually what most shamans and, yeah. Yeah, if the medicine people, calls yeah. you, then do it. If you want to do it, you can do it. I th- I feel like that's a safe way of saying, like, if you had a bad experience, like, I didn't tell you to do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I don't think that there's any bad experiences. I think there's more difficult ones that, and there's always something to learn from even the difficult ones. But I don't think that there's any bad experience. But I think that is a safe way because I know I've personally said that too with combo. They're like, I'm on the fence. If it speaks, you do it. And I've used that. But it's almost like a. I, I try know. not to look at things as good and bad. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's good. You know, I try to stay. <laughs> no, I didn't very, say good. You know, I try to stay very Switzerland on everything, yeah. especially with what I've been through. If mm-hmm. I start applying this is bad mm-hmm. and this is good then I'm going to be in a very difficult spot. Whereas if I'm just like, it is what it is. Yeah. Without the attachment. And that's what helps me keep moving forward. I would say do it. Uh, And not to fix or change, but just to simply experience. I love, I'm all about the, I'm kind of like you. I just, I jump in with both feet without even knowing. I've done that with a lot of plant medicines and it's been great. You know, I haven't had the most joyful experiences in all of them, but I've learned so much and I've grown so much. I would never take any of that back. And I'm, I'm thankful I didn't research it prior that I just jumped and did it. Can you imagine if we all just let that fear go and just, just tried things and experienced them? Be a whole different paradigm. Mm-hmm. But people... Yeah, you know, my friends, my dear friends that I've known my entire life said unequivocally I was changed by it. They could all see it. It totally softened me. Totally. I I liked to party before, and I was moving away from it, um, drinking maybe some things I shouldn't have done or did. But once I, I didn't know what came out of the ceremony, with the medicine I was doing it for a while and then I just felt complete and I went to the shaman and I who was a he had become like a brother to me we had formed a very strong bond a very very strong bond and I said I was done and he was like what do you mean (laughs) I was like I'm just done I'm 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 complete I'm complete with it and I didn't know what it had done for me at that time, but then I learned. You saw it later on. Oh yeah, like didn't want to drink, didn't want to party at all. And I'm like, wait, you know, like before I used to like have mixed drinks and drink a few. I couldn't do it. Anything else was done. And I've heard that. I've heard that a lot of people reach out for the medicine to curb addiction. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't an addict. I like to you know go out and have fun over just didn't want to do it and just didn't work for me just didn't work for me well i mean you're raising your frequency too and your vibration and so those are lower frequency and lower vibration medicines you know because alcohol can be a medicine in a weird way like well i think so i think if you had like one glass of wine it opens you up and you could speak and and talk about your feelings like that way i'm not saying like when you get out of control but it is a lower frequency and lower vibration so when you're used to vibrating up at such a high frequency 
And then all of a sudden you start partaking a lot of the alcohol and it's kind of doing the yo-yo thing, right? Like the, the frequency, it's, it's your body's not liking it. And then you tend to want to get away. At least that's what happened to me when I started doing combo more because combo is great for knocking addictions and a lot of things because it detoxes your whole mind, body, and spirit. Um, I stopped, I mean, Jake would, he before if Jake poured a drink, I would always have one no matter what. Like I just, we don't drink alone. And then there's been many times where I just don't drink and he drinks and I'm okay with that. And before it, I couldn't do it. And I love that I have that control again. You have control over your life. Might be, time. That. Might be time for an ayahuasca ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm ready. I just, I mean, I know they're a little like, I know that there's no price to your healing and I get that, but I do need to save up for them because I know that they, they can be pretty pricey. We can, we can talk about that, but you know, I believe we all cross each other's paths for a reason, mm-hmm. a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've been putting it off because you haven't found the right shaman and that the right experience. Definitely could be, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been wanting to. I mean, Jake, no, I've been talking about it for a year, right? Wanting. Years, yeah. Wait, yeah. I thought you said you didn't. Which one is, what is it? Do you no, want to do it? Or I no? wanted, I know I want to. I just haven't felt like the push. Does that make sense? Like We've I have talked about it a lot. Yeah. Even to friends. We both got friends who have done it. Like and I, our some of our experiences with other things that have kind of crossed into ayahuasca, but not fully there. And just it's been on our minds a lot. I feel like we've talked about it a lot. So Well, and I and I even have shaman friends that actually, you know, and I'm not gonna name any of them because technically it's illegal to do in the United States. But, I don't think it is. Oh, it's not anymore? No, I don't think it oh, is. Oh shit. Okay, there you go. But it's I'm not religious gonna, sacrament. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so protected. Yeah. So yeah. you know, within like I think thirty, forty five minutes of me, I could do a ayahuasca ceremony. But I just I haven't felt that push. Like I felt like I haven't wanted to jump in all the way like I have with yeah. You mean to come over there and push? <laughs> no, your I don't. Foot. <laughs> I'll help you out. I don't know. Like I just like I I've been so like every time I think and here here it is every time I I'm thinking about ayahuasca all of a sudden the plant medicine comes up, and maybe I need that to prepare myself for this, because I know ayahuasca is intense. I'm not saying that all the other ceremonies that I've done isn't intense, but I feel like maybe I've needed, you know those other plant medicines and animal medicines that I've done to prepare me for this. I don't know. Who knows? If you want to do it, do it. I think you should do it. Okay. Well, yeah, I, 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 would, encourage, I, know. <laughs> I would encourage you to do it. Well, I want if to. If you've done all the, that, let's do it. I can set it up for you. Well, yes. shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're good, right? The, now yeah, it's, okay. everyone's doing it. <laughs> Everyone, Ever, you you got to do it too. I know. Right? Oh, he's doing it with me. Well, you know, the thing is, you, do it with me? you know, I don't know. We'll have to see if I'm called to it. <laughs> Are you called to it? I don't know. You want to quit drinking? No, not at all. He, like, he actually enjoys <laughs> enjoy, And he doesn't overdrink. He likes it. I didn't start drinking until my mid-30s, and I've never had alcohol by myself. But we used to. But when I have it, I enjoy it. Yeah. We used to be Mormon. You oh, know okay. the Mormons? Oh, yeah. The yeah. Mormons. Oh, yeah. We, we, no more anymore. No more. I have no, no religion. No, no religion. <laughs> and I've never been more closer to God, the universe, in my entire life. And I have nobody telling me what to do. I'm a simulation theorist, so no. you know, I get it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Okay, I'm no, I I am gonna do it, but I'm gonna see if I connect with your shaman, and if it feels good, then I'll just jump. Yeah, do it. Okay. Well, I think people like to hear about it. Well, I hear your I, experience. Well, I know, and I've had other people on here that have talked about their ayahuasca experience. I mean, only a couple, but and now you, like, I feel like you were like really thrilled with it, which is awesome. And but I've been wanting to, like, I'm like, okay, tell me about your experience because I've been wanting to do it, and so yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, okay. So now we've talked about some of the things that you've gone through that have helped you on your journey. Yeah. Thanks. You know, get out of the ego and get into the reality. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's something that but, I'm learning still. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I still have, I, even though I, I preach about it and I tell people, I'm like, oh, that's your ego or like, you just need to just do this. But there's moments of like, just, you know, today Jake and I had, um, you know, I approached something that made me uncomfortable and I did it in a very aggressive way and I didn't even realize it until he made me aware of it. And now that the heat is, you know, simmered down, I'm like, thanks for, you know, making me aware of that. Cause a lot of that was ego coming in 
And, you know, and I think, I think that's important. I've told Jake this over and over the whole point of this life, not the whole point, but part of it is the awareness is always making yourself better and becoming better and always saying, okay, I can, I can do better, you know, and it's being aware. Cause if you're not aware of it, how are you going to be better and how are you going to, you know, make good? Um, so I thought, I thought that was really cool because even with the stuff I do, I still mess up all the time. And I think that's important is to, um, learn from it and practice it and continue to grow. Humans are fallible, Mm -hmm. but when we're heart based in love, Mm -hmm. that brings everything together. Yeah. Well, even if you're heart based in love, which I feel like I am, I still mess up. (laughs) I have a lot of heart and a lot of love, but I still, I will get in my head sometimes. I just look at it as so fleeting. Everything is so fleeting. We only have such a small amount of time, Mm -hmm. you know, to give energy, that much energy to anything negative or lose your peace. Because I think that's really what's, you know, I studied the, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius and stoicism and and for me i bring out of it just maintaining your peace like no one can take your peace i love that no one can take your peace so much amen to that yeah only you can you know look what you did to me yep you know come on yeah no it's about maintaining your peace and you know i think it's you know when when those things come up breathe get that breath and don't react you don't have to react there's no reason for the reaction because I think that's where some of the problems come in. You feel it. You get oh, the charge. That's my big problem. Reacting. I love to react. I mean, uh, I used don't to do re- it. Well, no, I'm Breathe. I'm learning. Right now. You should do ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> I want to react. I know. Like, Maybe it'll I, slow down your reaction I know. time. Well, that's what I'm saying. I need to just take a few breathers before and like maybe sit on it for a minute before. I've always done better when I've sat on it, right? Oh, yeah. Right oh. when we don't like fully engage, right when we have that news come in, we just sit on it for a minute, let it come out, right? Because we need to let everything go through us. And like that was my big thing. I Back in the day, I loved it. You know, I loved to react. I loved to be like the first one with the, oh, well, you did this. And then I got the last word in. And like, you know, that was my... um I don't even know what you call it. Like my motto. Mo- yeah. Yeah. Your go-to. Yeah. It was yeah. my go-to. And so you can break those patterns. And, I, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to retrain. Re- you are breaking them. Yes. You're I am trying. No, I am. You I are. am breaking them. You are and breaking I, them. Yeah, I, you're not trying. Well, and I'm thankful that I have, you know, people like Jacob that, you know, bring, he brings that awareness to me. Well, shit, you just came out and started like just going off, like all guns a blazing, you know, like the minute I saw this, this thing, you know, that set me off this morning and, and I didn't need to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah I think what, once you recognize that and then you start to hold your peace and that becomes a pattern and then you go through that personal growth mm-hmm. where you're not reacting. You're doing the pattern of not reacting. You're not reacting. Yeah. You're holding your peace because mm-hmm. no one can steal your peace. If something's stealing your peace, that's up to you. Yep. Well, you're giving it away. You're giving, you're your giving power it away. away. Yeah, why yes. would you do that? Yes. Nothing can do that mm-hmm. unless you allow it. Yep. And that's something that I fight daily with my kids too because, you know, my kids are young. They're six and seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> the good pe- practice. <laughs> good practice. <laughs> really good practice. <laughs> Patience yeah. and practice. Yeah, all that. Uh, it sounds like ayahuasca is coming your way. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting out my crystal ball. Oh, there it is. I can see it. I know. Unfortunately, yeah. I can see it too. It's amazing. You know what? I would really, I know we, you, our time's coming up, but I would really, really encourage you to do it. No, I'm going to do it, I know Marcus. You're gonna I'm, do it now. You already yeah, know I'm going to do it. I just, it's the time, it's when am I going to do it? That's, it's, you know, here's the thing when you want to do it, okay. because we're going to give you the honor of bringing everyone together. And when you bring everyone together, he'll come. Okay. And he'll bring forth the best medicine that from the lineage, from the correct lineage, which is important. So I already feel good about this guy, and you haven't even really told me oh, much about him. So I'll send you some pictures. I'm he's actually excited to meet an, him. You know, he just went through it too. You know, he went through, I think, nine months of downtime. Wow. Because he'd been doing ceremonies every, what, two weeks, traveling around the country, around the world doing ceremonies. So will he travel space. to Utah? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
I see. Well, oh shit, that sounds like everything's lining up. Grin <laughs> <laughs> over there. We met for a reason. Maybe <laughs> a season could be a will, lifetime. Will you sit could in on lifetime. one of the ceremonies? What's that? Would you ever sit in on another Ooh. ceremony? Oh, that's something Ooh. to think about. I've done my work. I know, but maybe you can I've hold. Done. Maybe you need to hold space hey, listen, for somebody right, like right. me. You know what? If you put one together, I'll come. Okay, I'll, sounds good. I'm I'll, excited. I'll, drink. I'll do the medicine. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, I'm excited. Because you might have to be there. I don't there know if I'm excited though. That's all. <laughs> oh, now the tables are no, turned. No, I'd love to see Alec. Yeah, I'd love to see <laughs> it again. But yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, it, yeah. it's gonna be. Yeah, I just know. No, it's you know, it's gonna be beautiful. It's probably gonna be one of the most beautiful experiences of your life. I'm I'm excited for I would that. Have, well, I don't know. You have children. I, I wouldn't want to rank it, but <laughs> yeah. I would just say, like, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're I, saying. You get, I get what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, I haven't done those other medicines, so I can't make... Combo doesn't call my name. Yeah. I love combo. It speaks to me because it, it continues to cleanse not only my physical body, but my mind and spirit. But it's not a psychedelic. I mean, you can get to a, a very um, euphoric place with it, but it's not like a psilocybin journey or a uh, 5-MEO, or ayahuasca. Yeah, um, I mean, you can see things in that euphoric, uh, euphoric place state. or state, yeah, yeah, but not so much like that. But I like that because it, it's helped me with physical things that have been going on, like physical ailments that I've been dealing with, um, you know, headaches, migraines, things like that. Like, it's overcome all that. Because, you know, when you cleanse your body, it, it really gets, you become like a new person. And you know this, you did so many cleanses, you know, it's combos just like a cleanse on steroids, basically. Good grief. Uh, yeah, it's intense. Well, you yeah. purge, you throw up and some people shit themselves and yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you know, and they it's do okay. that on ayahuasca. Yeah, too. so I that's know. why I'm like, maybe that's why I needed combo to prepare myself for ayahuasca. So when I do shit myself or throw up, I'm like, oh, I got this. It's okay. I don't know. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Sounds like you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> See, I <laughs> don't know. Like, no, you know, and... and it's such a beautiful experience that there could be some purging, mm-hmm. but what comes out of it is it's worth it. Yeah, I, I am. I'm good with words, and I can't even put it into words. All of that. Health is simple. People are complicated. 